Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about religion. It's Easter, the most important time of the year for Christians around the world, but for many people it's more of an excuse for a few days off work, some good grub and a chance to see family and friends. So what about here in Catalonia? But for centuries it's been overwhelmingly Catholic, but recent decades have seen the rapid and intense secularisation of society and also the diversification of religious beliefs, driven largely by migration from the global south. Coming up, we've got a really interesting interview with Dr. Mar Griera. She's the director of a research group here in Barcelona on the sociology of religion. We'll also be hearing about one Easter tradition in Catalonia that is still going strong. Maybe not a surprise, as it involves cake. Joining me in today's podcast, Christina Tomas-White and Killian Shields. You're both very welcome. Great to be here. Hey Larkin, how's it going? First question then, it's a simple one. How religious is Catalonia? Somewhat. Ish. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are millions of predominantly Catholics in Catalonia. There are plenty of other religions present in Catalonia as well. But I suppose the big difference is that there are a lot more non-believers now than a generation, two generations ago, a completely different picture overall. Definitely, definitely. The church doesn't have um, as strong of a hold on society as it once did. I suppose we'll be getting into some of the reasons for that later on in the interview, Christina, that you did with Margriera and Franco's dictatorship plays a big role. But just looking at the overall picture now, Killian, you've got some stats for us. Yes, I do. There was a survey taken just last year in 2020 from Catalonia Centre for Opinion Studies. And of course, questions in surveys, they can bring out different answers and sometimes varying answers. But what was asked was, do you consider yourself as a person with religious beliefs? And 44.1% answered yes, while 54.6% answered no. So that's still quite a large representation that's close enough to half. But I think also if you look at age groups, though, younger generations aren't nearly as religious as older people. So, you know, you also have to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. And also in that same survey related to that is that if you look at the number of people who say that they used to be religious and they're not anymore, that's 20%. But if you look kind of at the reverse, which people that weren't religious and now are, that's 3%. So the, the trend is definitely one way. For sure. I think even though religion still has a large part to play in Catalan society in the 21st century, the trend is moving one direction and it is towards secularization. Sticking on stats, fascinating one for me is how the makeup of weddings have changed, like church ceremonies versus civil ceremonies over the past, well, even just 20 years. Absolutely. This paints a really clear picture. Uh, So from 1979, quite a few decades ago, in total in Catalonia, there were just over 37,000 weddings and almost 36,000 of those were Catholic and a little bit over 1,000 were civil. So fast forward to 2019 and there were almost 27,000 weddings, so 10,000 fewer, while just under 3,000 of those were Catholic and over 24,000 were civil. So that shows very, very clearly how the dynamic has just completely flipped. So one major trend is that there are a lot less Catholics now and that there are a lot more people that are atheist or agnostic or don't have any religious beliefs. But there's another trend too, Killian. Absolutely. And that's predominantly driven by migration. People are coming here from all over the world and, of course, they're bringing their religions with them along with plenty of other customs. And that's borne out in the statistics that we have for the 
total places of worship in Catalonia as well. So all in all, in 2019, there were just over 8,000 total places of worship, and almost 7,000 of those were Catholic churches. But what we see is the next two faiths that are growing in number of places of worship. So the next one would be evangelical churches, and that has more than doubled from 2004 to 2019. And Islam is the third most represented faith in the country, and that too is seeing a huge growth in the last couple of decades. Muslim places of worship have also more than doubled in the past 15 years. Okay, so that gives us a bit of a picture now about the religious makeup of Catalonia as it is today and and a little bit about how it's changed in the last number of years. To kind of get some of the reasons behind those changes, Christina, you spoke to Dr. Mar Griera from the Autonomous University of Barcelona. Yeah, she is a sociologist who studies religions. um, And I was really happy to be able to talk to her because, you know, only a week ago she gave a seminar precisely about the secularization of Catalan society. So she she was a great person to talk to. Okay, so here is Dr. Marc Riera speaking to Christina. I feel it's important to acknowledge that uh, the secularization process that the Catalan society is is living is also in parallel to what's happening or what has happened all over Europe in the last century, like the state church separation, freedom of conscience as a political principle, the growth of uh, atheism. And, and we can identify all these elements all over Europe, in France, in Germany, in Ireland, in Norway. And this secularization happened due to the modernization process, urbanization, the, the growth of, of public education all over the countries. On the one hand, Catalonia is kind of similar to the other European countries because it's also having this secularization process. But on the other hand, it's quite different because this, this, this process was very fast and very strong in a way. We usually compare with the British case. Uh, there we might say that uh, the secularization process has taken three generations. Here, uh, it, it, it took one generation in a way. Nowadays, most of the all people around 70, 80 percent consider themselves as, as part of the Catholic Church. And if we look at the data related with young people in between 18 and 34, the, the percentage of them that declares Catholic is 35 percent. So it's a big change. This was very fast because uh, there were the, a Franco dictatorship. The, the dictatorship, in a way, uh, hold the, the, the secularization process imposed. But then when the dictatorship end, the Catholic Church started to lose power very fast and the society started to secularize. Also, the role of the Catholic Church during the dictatorship that was in a way uh, supporting Franco regime and it was uh, playing a, a political role, this went against the church after the secularization because uh, many people thought and, and, and in a way equate freedom and democracy with uh, no religion. In other countries where the, the majority churches or the Christian churches did not play this political role, then the church has been able to keep a kind of a political prestige. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And e- But even amongst people that are no longer religious or have never been religious, younger generations, for example, um, there's still many Catholic traditions that are very much present. Can, can we say that these traditions have become secular? There are many sociologists that talk about the culturalization of religion. 
that in some way these uh, historical churches and uh, the practices that uh, the, even the objects that were part of religion become secularized and become included as part of the general culture and are seen as non-religious elements. No, we, we never thought that our calendar is mainly Catholic calendar. So there are a lot of traditions in our society that are, are part of this uh, Catholic history. You, you don't ask yourself why Sunday is no working day, no? And, and, and Sunday is no working day. This has a clear religious origin, but we have invisibilized this. We talk about Semana Santa, and even the Muslims living here talk about Semana Santa, but nobody thinks that um, if, because you say that you are in Samana Santa, you are going to pray because you can be an atheist and, and uh, be on holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. What role do other religions play in, in Catalonia's religious landscape? Like, wh why has Catalonia become more re religiously diverse? Yeah, this has changed a lot in the last uh, 20 years. Uh, the Catalan religious landscape has been diversified, much more vibrant and dynamic. And this is mainly due to uh, migration dynamics and especially coming from Morocco, but also Pakistan, but also Africa, Latin America. And this has brought uh, a big change into the religious field, especially the, the growth of Islam, but not only, also the growth of evangelical churches all over the country, the, the Protestant churches are growing quite a lot, and especially uh, with people coming from Latin America, but also from Nigeria, from Ghana. So there's a chance there. In general, if we check the, the data coming from the surveys, we can affirm that there's a general acceptance of religious diversity in Catalonia. So the majority of the population uh, accept religious diversity, even considers that this diversity enriches the country. But on the other hand, we know that there are some places and there are some moments where there are intolerance against minorities, there are episodes of discrimination, there are movements against diversity. We can identify these movements, especially worrying the growth of the, of the extreme far right, which has a discourse that goes against minorities, especially against Islam, but not only against Islam, also against anyone who goes against this stereotype of the, of the white male Christian get some kind of criticism. And I think that here we have a problem and we have to address this because Catalan society is, is diverse, as I've been saying, but also is an, unequal. So we do not talk about uh, Christianity and Islam as equal religions because nowadays in Catalonia, Islam, or most of the Islam believers still have worse uh, jobs, the worship places are very precarious. So we, we, we have a situation of, of inequality that even makes more important to try to, to fight discrimination and to try to build bridges in order to, to reach some kind of good coexistence and, and generate a peaceful future for everyone. That was Dr. Mar Griera, the director of the ESOR Research Group, which is Research in Sociology of Religion, at the Autonomous University of Barcelona. And our thanks to her. That was a really interesting conversation you had with Mar, Christina. 
No, it was really enjoyable. Another thing she mentioned was that it was mainly um, migration that was driving this like changing religious landscape, I guess you could say, in Catalonia. But it's not only migration. Uh, there are people that are from here that end up converting to these minority religions. Um, and it was she used the term broker, I guess. I guess you could she meant kind of that um, that they play a role that kind bridge, of links yeah yeah, yeah they create between, bridges between the foreign born communities or migrant communities and locals even though they themselves are a minority within a minority and this is in in the groups evangelicals uh, muslims but also buddhism sikhism um, jehovah's witnesses these right, kind of smaller right, mormonism Another religion that she mentioned uh, was the Jewish community, which um, they, they were present in, in medieval Catalonia. They're, they're not necessarily a new religion here, but obviously because of the Inquisition and other historical events, um, they were driven out of the Iberian Peninsula in general. And now they do have a very small presence. Looking at the most recent figures that we have, there are only four synagogues in all of Catalonia. Another thing that you mentioned that Mar said to you, which I find kind of interesting, was the fact that why do we not celebrate, for example, Ramadan as a public holiday? That maybe as society becomes more diverse, that maybe our holidays and things like that should be more diverse too. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if we have a sizable Muslim population and if they're fasting for a month, maybe we should accommodate their needs and not make them work full time. Or again, we talk about the secularization. Maybe there should be secularization of holidays as well. Which yeah, uh, she did say that there were two countries that had um, striven to do this. She she brought up the examples of France and Uruguay. Uh-huh. Interesting. No, and um, well, another point that I, I found really interesting was that well, she said that you know Catalonia has done what you in a generation what Europe has done in three. But then she also said that here in Catalonia, this had been even more drastic than other parts of Spain. And as a sociologist, you know, it really puzzled her because she couldn't... She, Pinpoint they, the reason. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, they didn't really know why. Urbanization um, might be a factor. Right, right. And, you know, she did suggest that Catalans, even though they've been historically, traditionally Catholic, their relationship to the church has been more protestant or more more spiritual and more individualistic whereas in the other parts of spain it's been more of a community thing um and yeah yeah and and that the break from the past here has been even more severe but you know when you think also at the same time we're thinking we're, we're recording this in barcelona if you think about barcelona if you're coming here from abroad one of the first things you're going to think about is the sagrada familia there's not many cities in europe that are building a huge cathedral in the middle of uh, uh, you know an urban city still but in the middle of it build, being built and not having been built a hundred of years ago yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean i feel like it's lost its religious significance to, to the people of barcelona um, yeah, you know, when you think of the site of Familia, you just think, oh, a pretty old building or mm. not that old, but a pretty building. You don't think, oh, architectural. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure practicing Catholics will be very excited when it finally opens. Definitely, and, yeah. definitely. Um, and we can't really talk about religion in Catalonia without mentioning Montserrat, which is this beautiful mountain range in central Catalonia. Yeah, it's it's home to a monastery and La Muraneta, uh, this the Black Virgin. Um, it was also a very important place of Catholicism here during the dictatorship 
because in a sense it, it was kind of gave religious people here an alternative to the pro-Franco church. I visited it too, and the natural beauty of the place that it's in will just blow you away. Stunning, isn't it? Like the views of the valley. You can see why it's become such an important part of the narrative story of Catalonia. And if you're into choral music as well, there's a famous children's choir as well. But there is also a difference in the reputation of the church between Catalonia and indeed Spain and other secular countries. Definitely. This is something that Mad um, talked quite extensively about. You know, she made the comparison with uh, the British case and as well as with Nordic countries where the church, unlike here, wasn't in cahoots with the fascist dictatorship for so long. So they were able to maintain this prestige, you know. Still play a big role in right, public life, even right. though it's and a it's, secular it's, society by and Yeah, large. and it's maybe not as frowned upon as it is here. Both Catalan and Spanish public surveys demonstrate this. The latest Center of Opinion Studies survey that we have, um, which was published last year, it shows an approval rating of 3.8 out of 10. Um, and well, yes, it is above the monarchy, which you were talking about last week, but it is still very low. Another thing that demonstrates how close the Franco dictatorship was with the Catholic Church is a law that was actually introduced in the 1940s that was in force up until 2015, so long after Franco's death, which allowed the Catholic Church to act as a notary. Now, this means that the Catholic Church was able to register 3,700 estates in Catalonia in its name over a course of 70 years without any title deeds demonstrating ownership. So they might just find plots of land or property. And essentially, the church was given the power by Franco to decide that this property was theirs and no questions could be asked. This law was in force until 2015. Now, earlier we mentioned religious traditions, Catholic traditions, that have persisted and one that remains very strong at this time of year in Catalonia is the Mona de Pasqua, which Killian has been finding out about this week. One of the many quirks of living in Catalonia as a foreigner, or at least from my perspective as an Irish person, is how every holiday seems to be accompanied by a specific food, and more often than not, it's a type of treat or baked good. On King's Day on January 6th, one of the biggest days of Christmas here, we eat tortilla de reis, a type of round cake with glazed fruits. The bakeries are full of panayettes, small round marzipan cake balls covered with pine nuts around the time of All Saints Day, November 1st. Leading up to Easter during Lent, we can find buñol de vent, meaning sort of wind donuts. And at the culmination of Lent, Catalans enjoy Mones de Pascua for Easter, a traditional decorated sponge cake topped with chocolate eggs or figures, usually some of the most popular characters from children's television series or films, or sometimes even footballers or a house or even farm animals. Really, the cake is an opportunity for bakers and pastry chefs to flex their creativity and produce wonderfully intricate designs that could just as easily be classified as pieces of art rather than a dessert. Traditionally, it would be the responsibility of godfathers to gift these cakes to godchildren, and they would be feasted on at the end of a big family dinner on Easter Monday. But nowadays, it's completely normal for anybody in the family to buy a Mona cake for anyone else. The Mones de Pascua of centuries ago looked nothing like what we see in the bakeries today. 
Back then, they were round, brioche-style cakes topped with hard-boiled eggs. The chocolate figurines are a relatively new and much tastier addition. Tradition also dictates that the Mona cake gifted to the godchildren should contain as many eggs in the batter as years old the child is. The cake would grow in size up until the child made their first communion, with a maximum cap of a dozen eggs in the mix. And just like the Cagatillo who delivers presents at Christmas time, music has its place at Easter too, as children used to sing a little song to their godparent for them to give them the Mona cake. Monas de Pascua then, uh, one Easter tradition still going strong in Catalonia. Another one I was actually looking at online just before uh, we recorded this podcast is something that takes place in Berges, which is called La Danza de la Morte, the Dance of Death. And it happens on Holy Thursday. I don't know if you've, have you seen this, Killian? I have, yeah. It's, it's, it's a really theatrical affair, isn't it? It's, yeah, it looked to me like it, it happens on Holy Thursday, but it looks mo- be more a place... At Halloween and at Easter, no? There's a lot of skeletons and skeletal imagery involved, isn't there? People dressed up as skeletons, banging drums and stuff, yeah. It, and this is to be a representation of the life and the death of Jesus Christ, so it's a nice um, theatrical take on it, isn't it? Certainly not something that you find probably anywhere else in the world. Time now for our Catalan phrase. Christina, what is it this week? Deonido. Deonido. Well, that is something that I've heard a million times, probably every day. Uh, Certainly every day from Gifre. <laughs> <laughs> True. I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can vouch for that. Uh, Deo is God. What, what does Deonido mean? Yeah. So it comes from old Catalan, Deonidoni, referring to, you know, like, give us the daily bread. So it, it does have a religious significance, or a religious origin, but nowadays it's just like, wow. It's like saying, oh my God. Damn. Damn. No, <laughs> Deonido. Does, does oh my god not have a religious well, it connotation? Yeah, that's why I said yeah. it. It's kind of yeah. the same thing, isn't it? It's funny. Deonido. Oh my days. Listen oh for days. that one if you're in Catalonia. Hear it all the time. And that's us for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, Killian, for joining us today, and Christina as well. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Lorcan. Thank you to Dr. Margriera for speaking to us. We'll be back with another episode of Filling the Sink next week on witches in Catalonia. For worthy witches, you have to listen to find out. Until then, keep safe, have a happy Easter, and from all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adios.